Hello, everybody. Welcome to another PropTech Ramble. Uh, I'm Michael Grant. Uh, a warm welcome to those uh, watching on Unisu uh, and YouTube. Uh, today's topic is what the future holds for global occupiers. Uh, and joining me to talk about this is uh, Samrath Castoria from uh, Knight Frank. He is the APAC lead and director of workplace and strategic consulting. So Samrath, thank you very much for joining me, mate. Thanks, Michael, and uh, lovely to be here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and what you do in Knight Frank? Sure. Um, so I've recently come on board with Knight Frank, and my role is to set up and um, be responsible for the consulting offering for occupiers, including workplace strategy and portfolio consulting uh, and change management as well. Uh, so that's a little bit about the role, but I'm overall, I'm based in Singapore, um, I'm an architect by education and super happy to talk to you guys on Metricus today. Oh, thank you. I, I, I'm, I imagine as we're seeing it here in, in APEC, you must be seeing it as well, like workplace and, and what's happening in the workplace is changing rapidly because of COVID, right? So you, I, imagine, I imagine you've come straight into Night Frank and are, and are quite busy. Absolutely. So there was no uh, warm-up period. We just joined. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dove deep. Uh, but it's fun. And that's the whole point, right? So it's, it's, such a, uh, it's such an amazing place in the market, despite all the unfortunate things that have happened with this. But it's, it's work-wise, if you look at it objectively, it's a time to change things, right? Yes. And, and it, is, it is becoming very busy in this space. We're, we're seeing that as well. Uh, so, so Samrath, we've got some questions that have come in from people, and, and one I would particularly like to talk to you about, given the research I've done prior to this call and the white paper that you've done. So we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that. But the, the, the first question uh, that we've got here is, what, what have you found clients need help with uh, the, the most when creating a successful workplace environment? And has this changed over the years and because of COVID? That's a very good question. Um, I think it's the, the point around what clients or, or corporate occupiers, when they do uh, decide to take up an office or any model of an office, whether it's hybrid or as it was, uh, has always needed one person or one uh, service provider or consultant that can see all different aspects of it, right? So yeah. not just saying how much space do you need and exiting, um, but taking you through that journey, which is where clients really benefit. Uh, but in terms of what clients actually need specifically, I think it's data. Uh, and that's becoming more and more important. So the, um, your occupancy data, your safety data, your you know, utilities data, all of that together paints a picture which, you know, some rules of multiplying headcounts by, uh, by square feet doesn't really help anymore. So yeah. because of COVID, I don't think the need has increased, but it's um, perceived value has been proven a lot better so yeah. clients are going after it a bit a bit more yeah and, and we're seeing that we work with some workplace a very very small nothing the size and hype frank over here workplace consultants and, and they've never been busier you know every cloud has a silver lining and all that and like you said this covid is an unfortunate situation but it has allowed people to rethink and think differently because of the pandemic so yeah. a good a good stake in the ground now the, the the big one i wanted to talk to you about and this was going to come later but i'm going to ask it now so night frank you you recently have done a global occupier research and the white paper touched on strategy sustainability safe and smart spaces so in in your opinion what what is the most important uh, what is what is most important for the future of workplaces and what did you see from doing that white paper and that research 
in all honesty, that was done globally with us, with Reset. So it's not just one person, but it was led by our global head of research, Dr. Lee Elliott, based in the UK. But we, we were able to get nearly 400 occupiers to talk to us uh, over a survey uh, around these themes. So that's where these four S's that you mentioned comes from. Yep. Um, selfishly, I think strategy is the most important. Um, but it's, it's, also, it's also important because it encompasses safety, encompasses uh, uh, information around sustainability. We know that ESG and, and, and sustainable investment is... Uh, is now becoming really, really important or even more visible. So I would go with strategy, again, as a very, very small head start on, on the rest of them, but uh, all of them are really important to capture. I, I think sustainability is, we're being asked about it more and more, ESG, ESG reporting. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're actually hiring someone specifically around ESG reporting and, and data analysis and analytics are you seeing that more and more in your consultancy and what you're doing? Are you being asked about it more and more? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's so we're very lucky that lots of our clients already have a lot of HSC and sustainability pieces in their culture. For example, one of our global clients uh, get, has basic minimum lead standards for acquisition of space, but also in fit outs of, of space. So they're going to have to do lead silver minimum, for instance. Right. Yes. Uh, so while this was always in their culture, because of it coming in the forefront, um, the questions are more, right? People want to talk about well, well accreditation. People want to talk about the impact of it. And an additional reason for that, uh, Michael, is that people are conscious about the impact of their work on the environment. And now this is shown back on their own health. So that is driving it quite heavily. Okay. Yeah, we, 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 we are getting asked about it a lot. I mean, the, the safe, you know, the, the four S is the safe and smart. The smart, the smart, fortunately, can now be smart because mm -hmm. of the amount of technology out there, right? There's more and more tech coming out every day. Yep. I mean, the, the wrong shoulder, the View Plus behind me here, that's just come out. You know, there's, they've got other kit coming out. It's just the great thing is now, used to be there wasn't enough technology. Now there's more yep. technology than you can poke, spoke a stick at. It's just how smart do you want your building to be and what, do you need to make smart? So that's indeed. Can, that. I can touch on that a little bit. I, yeah. I really, I completely agree with you on on the fact that the market is now flooded with smart building tech, or like you said. And but there's also enough focus on building technology that helps people, you know, stay at home if they're working remotely and stay safe. Uh, countries have never had apps that they were requesting people to use. Now with yeah. Singapore, for example, there's you know. Yeah. Uh, check-in apps. India has got a check-in app where they're able to give you live information. So that at a country level is unprecedented. But workplace-wise, um, there is a big draw on what amenities people want when they come back. And technology and it's you know putting that into the workplace experience is one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. And it's only I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger over the next few years. So indeed. Uh, Question number three we've got that, that came in prior to, to, to today was, do, do you think there will be an increase in the uptake of smart technologies in workplaces? So kind of what we've just been talking about, right? But That's a big yes. Um, I th so for during the pandemic, so the last one, one and a half years plus, uh, it, the ability for sensors and the ability for technology to be able to monitor occupancy has obviously been reduced. 
because people aren't coming into the office. So there isn't much to monitor. But yeah. the use of technology in operations and the FM side has become super, super big, making sure it's, you know, the sanitization is clear, it, you know, um, making sure the spaces are run and monitored properly. If you are not in the office, how can we reduce the amount of energy spent on, on a frankly closed down darkened space? But as people have started coming back in, these sensors and you know products like uh, your own are able to give a unified dashboard, which you know most real estate uh, focused consultants really, really want at this stage. So definitely yes. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. We we're a software business, but the the, the hardware connectivity now that's coming out to pull data out of buildings is you know it's it's. it's you know, it's not if you build it, they will come. The, the people are asking for more and more data, as you said earlier, to pull out to actually make informed decisions now. Yep. So, that, and, and I don't, I don't see that stopping. I, I do see that accelerating by, by, by quite a lot over the next few years. When, when you've got people like Cisco, hmm. you know, with Cisco DNA Spaces trying to get into this, trying to get into this space, pardon the pun, it's. Hmm you know it's going to be big, right? When someone like Cisco is throwing their hat in the ring now and they're saying, right, we want part of this. From a company that was routing and switching and wireless and networks, and I've worked with them for over 20 years, when they're getting into the space, you know it's it's going to be big. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and so Intel's got Trariga, which is like really yeah. key for yeah. us uh, as space planning and as, as strategy. But also, uh, if you look at how the server stuff, how on-prem is going to the cloud in terms of, at enterprise levels, that itself is going to not only make you more mobile, which means you need to be able to track how your people are performing. Uh, of course, you can't. There's there's Big Brother watching, so you can't chip people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you can at least manage your spaces very intelligently. Michael, one point you made uh, on this, which was um, that it, it, when IBM or Cisco are getting into space, it's going to be serious. I think it's the plethora of options that people have, like you said, to make it as smart as you want yes. um, is it, super, super helpful. I think this is the stage where um, a marketplace full is better than a marketplace empty. Yes, I, I agree. And then that that can have a, 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 an adverse effect though as well, because there are too many choices to make. People don't make a choice, right? So, you know, you can lead a horse to water as the saying goes, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I, I mean, the good the good thing is, there will be enough information out there for people to make the right decisions. But when you've got someone like you on the other side of the fence for a customer, helping them make their decisions, hmm. that helps them make informed decisions as well. Right. So they're not coming yeah, to it you know, in, in, on a blank sheet of paper. I had, I had a call with a brand new customer earlier uh, and they've got a, a project that they've just given us. And they said the only project manager we've got has never been in smart buildings and, and prop tech before can we get her to spend a few hours with you so she can start to understand what she's about to project manage? So there, there's there's a lot of learning to be done as well still because, you know, as you and I were talking before the call started, I, I've been in this space for five years now, five and a half years, but yeah. back then it was in its infancy, right? You know, and, and I never knew anything. I come from a data center and engineering background, but now there's there's so much out there. It's where do you start and what do you start to look at from a technology perspective that there needs to be a lot more education, I think, to help people. And, and people like yourself will do that, but you can't be everywhere, right? So, so no, something, absolutely. something has to be out there to try and help educate people. I think that it's not just the fact that one or two consultants or 10 consultants know what they're doing. There is a lot of uh, learning to be done uh, yeah. in the consulting side first, as you said correctly. 
because otherwise what we're doing we're we're sitting on opportunity to create uh, a a smart as as the report says portfolio for a client and we are not across what solutions are good or you know well funded and you know going to stick with you for the next 10 years um so yeah indeed there is a lot of learning to be had frankly michael for for all of us in the real estate side on the smart things yeah i agree i agree it's it's something that i've been talking about and throwing around for quite a while about what do we do about educating people so we are, we are thinking or i am thinking about starting something to do with education of people and the call i had earlier kind of almost sealed the 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 idea is like you know i do need to do this for people who are just being stepping into this and not knowing what's going on so maybe, I, I, i was thinking i was going to have to do a prop tech wrangle and get you on there and yeah. okay. <laughs> awesome. maybe i'll start maybe i'll start a digital boot camp or something uh So uh, question four is the the need for sustainability as part of a workplace strategy is growing. Do you think global occupiers still need to do more in order to see a change to, more in order for us to see a change? Sorry. Absolutely. It's but we've got to bear in mind it's an evolution not a revolution, right? Yeah. Uh it it takes some doing and while sustainability as long as it's on the agenda, I think corporates are responsible and I'm an optimist uh mostly to take the right decisions right there are a couple of things i think while sustainability is on hot on the agenda we need to you know really get down one is to establish t minus 1 is to get when is your net zero goal when when are you going to get to a net zero goal is there one if there isn't let's have a chat right if there is one can we make it 10 years or 5 years yeah. and the last is the clear steps on how to get to a sustainable ecosystem of work not just place um is where people have to go beyond just saying that's my office footprint you're a specialist in data centers you know the amount of carbon impact data centers have right that's huge yeah. massive yeah yes massive yeah uh, so when they take storage or services or use data centers that does also become a part of their carbon footprint in some ways so yes. i think thinking it through is important i'm no doubt we'll get there uh, but it's going to take some time and really good thinking required but we're glad there are lots of smart people in this space Yeah it it is it is you're right it is a, an evolution not a revolution and it, and it is going to take quite a bit of time because overnight there you know someone was telling me earlier on another call that to to reach the net zero carbon emissions that some countries have committed to they'll be needing to uh convert 90,000 square foot of real estate a month to net to net zero now that's that that sounds almost impossible for me to that might make us all very 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 well funded but like, <laughs> it's a very very hard thing to do right so yeah. uh, see but michael not droning on but quickly on this yeah, i do point. think that there is as long as sustainability stays on the agenda that's the biggest first step um i remember once i finished architecture i had an option to become a lead accredited professional um it at at that time which is a while ago now uh it was very hard to sell sustainable buildings in the country i was at at the time right because the cost of building a non lead ap building versus building one that was was extraordinarily different yeah. today that's that delta is that that gap is a lot lesser um yes. as long as we keep harping on we keep talking about it it's going to get there yeah i agree i agree and 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 i don't think there 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 is no going backwards anymore so absolutely uh, it will happen uh, uh, over the next 5 years what do you think will be the biggest challenge for global occupiers and their workspaces or workplaces wow okay um 
I think it's going to be culture, uh, organizational culture to be specific. So a lot of what we've done as workplace designers, consultants, strategists, brokers, project managers all together is to attach the workplace with organizational cultures, right? So we hear the usual examples of, oh, we're going to build a workplace like Google, right? Because that's one of the, mo the first movers in um, activity-based or flexible spaces. Um, I think in, with what the pandemic has done, it has proven that you can still sustain some level of flexibility or working outside of a traditional workspace and still stay productive. The question is twofold. One is, can you sustain that? B, the cohesion of the organization that we're so used to, how do you keep that on, right? And that's where I think the biggest challenge is. Um, bear in mind, we're all either selling or managing teams or managing businesses. And we've learned all that before 2019, right? With somebody in front of us, handshakes, yeah. and st all those things really make a lot of difference. Uh, now we're sitting across a screen and I personally feel a lot of people struggle with that, uh, with, with getting the same level of speed and getting things done. Uh, the other is obviously the biggest challenge is more HR, less workplace. Uh, and that is onboarding new people who don't have the, the fresh, fresh blood from who are entering the workforce. So overall, without the place and whatever we all have attached to that place or being certain new modulation, how can we keep the organization co you know, cohesive would be the big one. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And, and c culture is the biggest thing. And again, COVID has forced a change. People don't want to be in the office five days a week, but they don't want yeah. to be at home every day. And when they come into the office, they want things to be slightly different to the way it was before. Yeah. And I think everyone's learning on the fly. I, I, I run a, a, a working group for people who are customers and who aren't. There's a lot of big companies on there and they're, they're still trying to figure it out, right? What, what is the right thing to do? I think people, people are going to have to fast fail things. You, if you don't yeah. take a risk and you don't try, then you won't know. But communication is key. Right? Hey, hit the nail on the head, Michael. Absolutely. It's fail fast, right? Um, one of the things we were discussing recently with our research guys was are we gonna there is no one solution that's gonna fit even one company at this stage right that solution depends on how the pandemic finishes up uh, it's it's getting there i understand but it's still not over right um so the solutions and companies can't sit on that decision for very long so it's failing fast but not being afraid to uh try new things and, and make sure technology is at the base of it you can collect a lot of data while doing it have solutions like yourselves giving you a true picture of what's, you know, whether your your ideas actually worked or didn't work is, yes. I think, super critical. Yeah. We, we've, we've got some customers and people who aren't customers on the working group, and some of them, and different regions need different things. So yeah. I, in APAC, I know a lot about it. A, a, a lot of people are talking about not the meeting room booking or desk booking things, but it's about how clean is the office? Has, has the desk been sterilized? Has the, has the floor been cleaned? That's a lot bigger in, in APAC than it is in the UK and in Europe. And in, in the US, it's about safety. US is about, you know, are we over-occupying? Are, are there too many people in that space? So that if you're a global company, you've got to think of all the different component parts. In APAC, it's about hygiene and you know, cleanliness. In the UK, it's kind of a mix of both, but it's more about occupancy and capacity. And actually, I tell you, like, UK, actually, what is coming up is indoor air quality. Yeah. You know, how good is the indoor air quality because of COVID? And I've said this on previous rambles, so for, 
apologies for those who've heard that and, and hearing me repeat it. Everyone's become an indoor air quality expert overnight. No <laughs> one knew what air quality was before before COVID. Yeah. So that's a big piece. And, and big companies need to pull all of their teams together to get the voice of everyone. You know, unfortunately, you can't please all of the people all the time, right? That's the no, same. My my, uh, my first boss as an apprentice electrician, that's the first thing he said to me is, Mick, don't try and please everyone all the time or else you're going to piss someone off at some point. So uh, I, I, try, I try and make that not my wife. Uh, but that that is the key. But like you say, you, you people have to try things. They can't they can't do what people have done during COVID. And we've seen this on the other side is do nothing, do nothing, do nothing. Or we're going back to the office. We need everything put in immediately. You can't hold back. You've got to, you know, you've got to, you know, put your neck on the block and try something. And if it fails, it fails, but, you know, take the good bits that worked, the other bits that didn't work, throw them out, move on or, or change them. You know, you may not need to throw them out completely, but you might need to change the way you're doing things. Absolutely, Michael. And on that, around the trying phase, I think APAC, um, Basically, of, of course, various even various countries within Asia Pacific are very different ball games. So, what works for India in Mumbai doesn't work for India in Bangalore, doesn't work for Singapore, or does work for Singapore. So, of course, the variation within this region is slightly different, and I can only talk knowledgeably about this uh, this region at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but as you, you you've spent a lot of time in Asia, Michael, it's it's a the trying and failing fast pieces. One has to be smart about the pilots, right? So. Just because regional leadership sits in Singapore or Hong Kong, let's not just pilot everything in Hong Kong. Right? Let's also get um, India and China and let's get Australia. And so those countries, of course, as you said, the same metrics don't apply. Uh, one of these, if, if I read this on, on a, two things on a public report um, produced by our competitor uh, on per, square fo- per capita square foot in each city, in, in each big city in, in Asia. And the difference is massive, right? So Hong Kong and Mumbai, very different stories to Melbourne and Sydney, right? Yeah. So yes. uh, yeah. those make a decision on, do I want to go back to the office or not, right? And that obviously drives a lot of these pilots and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's 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 great space to be in. You know, as I said before, I, was, I only came into it five and a half years ago. You've been in it from a long time, from being an architect to then, you know, as you said, you, you know, once you're in buildings, you put a lot of time in, you studied a lot. It's 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 a great space to be in. I think the next three to five years are, are very exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I, was, I was talking to my wife this morning early and she was telling me that I didn't know this. The Netherlands are trialing a four day working week at the moment and, and across multiple businesses and they're seeing productivity go up. Uh, mental health is getting better. Yep. So, you know, that's that's a big leap, right? Four-day week. I'd love that personally. but you know. I, I'd love that too. Um, <laughs> so what I've learned, again, with a joke, if I take a day off in a week, it's not a shorter week. It's a compressed week. So, yes. so far, I think everybody gets a four-day or no one gets a four-day. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that was the interesting part. Everyone's getting paid the same amount. And actually, I'm going to read up on it after speaking to my wife about it this morning. But everyone's getting paid the same amount. But you need to do as much in four days as you would in five. So yeah. figuring out how you strike that balance will be tricky. But again, a, a great place to be, lots of stuff to do over the next few years. And, and you know, it's, it's, very, it's very exciting times. Very indeed, exciting. Michael. And I seem to have made the, the right choice sticking to buildings. Yes, you have indeed. You have indeed. Yes, and uh, I, I will be getting to APAC at some point when I can actually fly and go places because we've, oh, got, looking forward to it. we've, got, we've got customers in India uh, and uh, we've got some new customers potentially in Hong Kong in the very near future. So I will... I will I'll drop by Singapore on the way in or the way out, Samrath, and we will uh, we'll definitely have to catch up. Absolutely. Hopefully it's um, it's one chai. 
or yeah. somewhere near near the main <laughs> Hong Kong island. <laughs> we'll make it one try. We'll, we'll we'll put a pin in it. We'll make we'll make it one try. Oh, absolutely, Michael. I'm, I'm kidding. Singapore, uh, absolutely. Look forward to catching up. But uh, if there are any other questions, happy to respond. Uh, yeah, no, we haven't had any more come in. Uh, uh, Samrath, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure having you on uh, and a pleasure meeting you. Uh, I, yeah, we will, we will catch up soon, I'm sure. So thank you for coming on. You're very welcome and thanks for having me. No problem. We've got our, fi we've got our final episode before summer holidays, although I'm not sure where I'm going because I can't really leave the UK, <laughs> uh, but I'm going somewhere. Uh, we've got Jill Frey joining us from Cummings Facility Services in the US. She's a lovely lady. I only met her very recently, but she is a powerhouse and she is the woman that is going to change facility management facility services in the US and then globally. She's 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 a very busy woman. She does a ton of stuff. She's a lovely lady. I, I met her about a month ago, I think, and I wanted to get her on straight away because she's she's very knowledgeable and actually what she wants to do for facilities management facility services is something that we've been talking about for years and she wants to push hard and, and, and make that happen so that's the 21st of, 21st of july mate 4 p.m so you'll have to stay up late again to either watch that no live problem. or do it later i i would love to perfect awesome. samrath thank you very much again mate pleasure having you on thanks, thanks for your time. Michael. lovely chat thanks all bye-bye